Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are going to be analyzing the penultimate of holiness, the climax of the Eser Kedushot, the ten grades of holiness that were created in order to enhance our sense of awe, respect, and reverence for the base of Migdash. So before we begin, let me just turn around for a moment and talk to you about the pictures behind me. Now, on my right, this is the floor plan. Here is the Mizbeach, and here are the steps that are leading into this large building called the Ulam. To better appreciate what this building actually represents, or what it looked like, let me turn to my left. And here you can see this large building. It's, it's actually so large and so overwhelming that it looks like a very, very small amount of space. But as you can see over on this side, it isn't such a small amount of space. There was actually very large buildings. This is kind of like looking down at uh, like downtown Toronto or, or, or another place with the skyscrapers and these buildings look really large and we look at it aerially it looks like there's very little space in between but you're on the ground it's quite spacious. So anyway we talked about the area behind this wall that was the Ezrat Kohanim, Ezrat Yisrael, Ezrat Kohanim. We talked about this Mizbeach arena area between the Mizbeach and the Ulam and yesterday we talked about entering through this door. That's called entering the Hechel. That was the ninth level of holiness. Now, in Hilchas Beis Arbachira, chapter 7, Halacha Chav Beis, the 22nd paragraph of this chapter, the Rambam tells us the following. Beit Kodesh HaKadashim, the chamber, or literally the house of the Holy of Holies. This is Mikudash Mimeno. This is holier than it, or holier than him. Now, it's really interesting that, as I mentioned yesterday, these halachot and the Rambam are coming directly, almost verbatim, from the Mishnah. The Mishnah is found at the end of the first chapter of Tractate Kalim. And the difference I noticed was that in the Mishnah it says, Kodesh HaKadashim Mikudash Mehem. The Kodesh HaKadashim, Holy of Holies, is holier than them. Whereas the Rambam modifies this and he says, Beit Kodesh HaKadashim. He says the house or chamber, literally house of the Holy of Holies, is Mikudash Mimeno, from it or him in the singular. So why did the Rambam modify it that way? I don't really know for sure, but here's a little hunch that I have. Yesterday I shared with you that there's kind of a welcoming foyer or opening hallway and then you come into the actual Heichal. The Heichal was the place where the menorah, the golden table and the small altar stood. This is where Avodah, formal service, fulfillment of the divine commandments took place. If you take a look once again onto my right, we see here this area in the lighter gray. You can see depicted the menorah. This is the table and this is the small altar. This entire area would be called Hechal. This area is called the Ulam. Yesterday we learned in the Tosfus Yomtev, and I'll quote it, he said, you must know that once you walk into the Hechal, which means the building of the temple, he says, Ulam Vehechal. When the Mishnah uses the words Hechal, that's this entire area, or if you will, this large building, in the way the Rambam depicts it, 
So that entire area is considered to be holy in the same fashion. We don't have grades of holiness there. As uh, the Tosfas Shemtev says, Kedushas Ulam Vehechal Chodo Kedusha Hu. It's one holiness. It's one holiness. Why? I mean, the common understanding is because it's all framed with the same enclosure. It's all in the same box, in the same building. Well, go back to the pictures again. You see, here's the enclosure. And since this enclosure is able to incorporate both the ulam as well as the heichal, so we call it chod kedusha, one holiness. If you'll see where it looks above ground, it's one, one building, one large building. So since it's one large building, it has a common enclosure, and that makes it a scrimmage of specific holiness. Aha, but now when we talk about the Holy of Holies, it isn't in a separate building. It's in the same building. Once again, let's go back to the drawing board. Here is the Holy of Holies. This is the Heichal. This is called the Kodesh, the holy area. That's the sanctum. This is the inner sanctum. This is the Holy of Holies. There isn't even a wall between these two. In the time of the second base of Migdash, there were merely two curtains, and the two curtains are depicted here. I'm not sure if you can see it with two lines. So it's in the same building, and it's actually the same room, technically, as the Heichal. There are just two curtains dividing them. So how would it be a separate level of Kedusha? If the Ulam and the Heichal are considered to be one Kedusha, make that one a single scrimmage of holiness because Chodo Kedusha, presumably because it's all ringed by the same area, well, you might have the same assumption about the Holy of Holies. And I'm just guessing that the Rambam might have chosen to add the word Beit Kodesh HaKadoshim to tell you that even though it has the same walls and even though the division between the Holy of Holies and the area called Holy is just curtains. So come on, that's kind of an artificial div division. Nonetheless, it becomes an entity unto itself by dint of its halachic importance. In other words, that becomes sacred ground. How we create that scrimmage or that line or that border is actually irrelevant. The area becomes known as Beit, a house of the Holy of Holies. Although it's housed in the same common stone enclosure, that area, separated by nothing more than two curtains, is considered a house or independent chamber onto itself. Now, <laughs> I did a little bit of research. I didn't find anybody who could actually tell me that this is correct, but even if the diok, even if the precise analysis of the words of the Rambam is, is uh, superfluous, the idea for sure is, is applicable. The point may, being made here is we're now entering into the penultimate area of holiness, Kodesh HaKadoshim. So this is the holiest of places. And it's in the Rambam's uh, verbiage. It's mekudash mimenno. Not from them, meaning ulam and, and heichal together, but rather this is mimenno from him, specifically the area in front of it. There is a kodesh. This is holier than the kodesh. The fact that it's ringed by a common wall is actually irrelevant. So what's the proof? I mean, how do we know that the Holy of Holies is a halachic chamber, if you will, onto itself? What designates this specific 
area or coordinate is being other, separate, apart, different, unique, representing its own class of sacred scrimmage. And the answer, the Rambam says, is restriction for just about anybody in the world to enter. And the restricted access is not only for a unique person, but that person can only go at a specific time and a specific number of times. Let's take a look in the words of the Rambam. Access is so restricted to this area that no one is allowed to penetrate past that curtain. No one may enter the space. Ella, save, Kohen Gadol, the Yom HaKippurim. The Kohen Gadol on the Holy Day of Atonement, the holiest day of the year. And the Rambam adds, Bisha'at Ha'avodah. The Kohen Gadol can't go into this area 364 days a year. He can only go on Yom Kippur once a year. And even on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol can't simply go into the Holy of Holies whenever he desires. He can only go Bishat Avodah. Now, this is verbatim from the Mishnah. So let me share with you the commentary of Rabbeinu Avadya Bartanura on the Mishnah. He says, what is the meaning of Bishat Avodah at the time of service? When the Kohen Gadol is involved in doing the things he's doing on Yom Kippur, can he just enter and exit at will? Absolutely not. The Bartanura says, Arba pa'amim nichnas. The Kohen Gadol enters the Holy of Holies only four times. Four times annually. All four times are on that one specific day. You're going to go in front of the camera. You just did. So one is lahak torat. One is to bring the special incense. Beis, the second is lahazot bidam hapar. To bring, to sprinkle, or dash the blood of the bullock that was brought as a special offering. Gimel, a third time, is lahazot midam hasair to dash the blood of the goat, which was brought for atonement. And finally, Rivi'it, the fourth and last time, was lahotzi hakaf vahamachta, to take the large spoon or ladle that was filled with the incense and the pan that had the coals. He has to be able to take that out. And the Bartanura says, V'im nichnas if a coin gadol were to go into the Holy of Holies a fifth time, Chayev Misa, he forfeits his life, not something the earthly courts would carry out, but from heaven he would receive a significant shortening of his lifespan. So it's obviously a very special place where one man from the entire nation of Israel can go on one day a year, only four times, because he is supposed to go during those four times. Incidentally, the Rambam, in his commentary on the Mishnah, says almost the same exact thing. So we can see that this is kind of ubiquitous. It's, uh, all of the sages agree, and it's pretty clear in the Mishnah itself elsewhere that the Kohen Gadol can enter this four times, and this is incorporated in two words, Bishat Ha'avodah, 
which is the precise pithy language of both the Mishnah and the Rambam in his Mishnah Torah. Now, it seems that by virtue of restricted access, we come to an understanding of just how holy a certain space might be. Which would make you think that if there's an area with more restricted access, would that be even holier? You're going to say to me, like, what place could that be? Where is there an area with more restricted access than the Holy of Holies? Well, there actually is. Because this is a very large building. It's 100 amalt high. The chamber of the Holy of Holies doesn't reach the top. In fact, there is a second story, which was an empty space. The exact dimensions of the Holy of Holies, there was a second story with nothing in it. And access there was extremely restricted. How restricted? Let's just say the Mishnah tells us it wasn't penetrated more than once in seven years. Now you must be thinking, if that wasn't penetrated more than once in seven years, clearly, by dint of the logic that restricted access is indicative of holiness, then the attic or second story of the Holy of Holies must have been even holier. Does that mean we have an 11th level of Kedusha? Of course, the answer is not. We, we were very clear about this. There are 10 levels of holiness, and this is the penultimate. This is the zenith, the climax. The question is, though, by virtue of the logic, why wouldn't it be? Rabbi Yosef Kurkas, in his commentary, actually notes this. He, he kind of uh, points out that in the codicil to the Mishnah, which is known as the Tesefta, we have this opinion of Abba Shaul who says, Aliyat Beit Kodesh HaKadashim, Chamura Mi Beit Kodesh HaKadashim. Believe it or not, there was one of the Tanaic sages, whose name is Abba Shaul, who maintained that the second story attic, if you will, or annex on top of the Holy of Holies, was even holier. And his logic was simple. Restricted access. <laughs> if there's restricted access, it must be even holier. Now, the Rikurkus really doesn't really explain why it's not a problem. He says, um, I'm going to explain it elsewhere, but it's not really an issue. We don't hold of that Tosefta. Abishol's opinion is clearly not followed by the Rambam as he ordains that there are 10 levels of holiness, not 11. Well, the Tosfos Yomtev asks this very question on the Mishnah. And again, the Mishnah in the end of Kalim where the Rambam rules like the opinion of the Rabbanan, like the sages, and he quotes the Mishnah almost verbatim. This part of the Mishnah is certainly, the second part of it is certainly quoted verbatim. So the Tosfus Yamtev says, hmm, he says, Why didn't the rabbis list the attic of the Holy of Holies? The upper level. You only go into that space once in seven years. And he says, actually, these are the words of Abba Shol in the Mishnah, in the Sechet Midot. So he says, 
that in the Tosefta, the Rash answers this question. In a word, it's about the big kahuna. What do I mean? He says the fact that there's restricted access in and of itself, that is to say, the fact that we might not be able to go somewhere, save for the rare occasion, isn't enough to designate it as holy. It's only when we have a restricted access that's limited to a specific person that we get suddenly a picture of holiness emerging for us. And this is what the Rash says. The restricted access or lack of entry into the upper level of the Holy of Holies is love mishum kedusha, not because it was so holy, nimnan, nimnoin we were restrained. Nobody went there. Once in seven years, somebody came in, a worker came in, just to make sure that nothing needed to be repaired. And he'd repair if there was any peeling paint or something that had cracked. He'd repair whatever he'd have to repair. By the way, we'll learn later that he was kind of lowered in in a box. He didn't actually stand in the sacred space. And he was lowered just to do a quick check of the walls to make sure that everything was in pristine condition. In other words, they didn't have the big kahuna, the high priest of Kohen Gadol, catapulted or parachuted into this Holy of Holies once every seven years. It just was, there wasn't a need to go there more often. This is not a place to hang out. It's the upper level, above the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God is resonating in a manifest way. So you go there as needed. The restriction isn't inherent. It's practical. Whereas the Holy of Holies where the big kahuna alone can penetrate only on the holiest day of the year. Now we're talking holiness. That's called restricted access that's indicative of the sanctified and rarefied atmosphere of that particular location. And so with this, we conclude the 10 grades of holiness as articulated in previous lessons. It's all about the proper awe and reverence for the Beit HaMikdash. I'm just going to quickly review now what those 10 levels were before we move on to some very interesting details about the repairs that took place in these very sacred places. So the first level of holiness, meaning a level above the rest of Eretz Yisrael, was Orim HaMukafes Chaima, cities that were walled. And the cities that were walled were places where somebody who was a Mitzorah, a leper, couldn't go. The next level of holiness was the walled city of Yerushalayim. And we had a whole list of people who were not permitted to come into the city of Yerushalayim, as well as all kinds of limitations as to what kind of activity may or may not be conducted in the city of Yerushalayim. Much of it is rabbinic. Much of it was injunctions to protect the cleanliness, the purity, the atmosphere, and the sanctity of our heavenly city. The point, though, is that just coming to Yerushalayim, you knew you were going up a level. The third was the Har Habayit. That's the Temple Mount. We talked about this idea that in the Temple Mount proper, not the mountain as it's built up today, 
somebody who is impure by virtue of a discharge. The male would be a seminal discharge called a zov. A woman would be somebody called a nida, or one who has experienced childbirth, doesn't go on to the Holy of Holies before they experience that level of cleanliness. Then we talk about the ramparts, an area that was kind of an added layer of scrimmage. We proved that it was there in the first Beit HaMikdash as well. It isn't biblical per se, but the rabbis arranged this. And again, we're talking about increasing the level of reverence and of awe. Past the ramparts called the Chel, somebody who wasn't Jewish wasn't permitted to go. They actually found in the archaeological diggings outside the Temple Mount an incredible little postcard from antiquity, a stone placard that says, past this point, only Jewish people are permitted. Amazing. Here we learn about Snarambam, and then we get the stone placard coming out of the ground, telling us exactly what the Mishnah and later the Rambam rules was the added layer of holiness around the Beis HaMikdash. A person who had come in contact with the dead or a person who had an inappropriate kind of intimacy couldn't go past that space. Then there was the outer courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash known as the Ezrat Nashim, and there somebody who was ritually defiled had gone to the mikveh. It's called a Tevul Yom. He has to wait until sundown. He couldn't go into that area. The next level of holiness was past this wall. Past this wall means that's Ezrat Yisrael. That in this picture means going through this gate. To go into the Ezrat Yisrael, we said a person can only go if they are in a state of pristine repair. <laughs> that is to say, if you need to bring an offering and you're kind of not yet back to where you were before something went wrong, you can't go past that spot. Ezrat Kohanim is the next level up. No wall, but stairs. To go up those stairs, a Jew can go only if he has business there. Otherwise, not a place to hang out. Just to be there to watch, for example, the services of the Beit HaMikdash on Yom Kippur didn't allow you to go past that spot. The next thing was the arena of the Mizbeach, Bein Ulam Mizbeach, between the building and the altar. We learned about that a couple of episodes ago. And then the last thing we learned about yesterday is the Hechel. That's this area or the large building. And of course, the 10th level is Kodesh HaKadashim. Only the Bikuna, only on Yom Kippur, only four times when the Torah ordains it appropriate. And that, my dear friends, is the story of the Eser Kedushot. And this was all designed to create and inculcate within us a sense of awe and profound respect for the holy home of Hashem to be continued. Please join me again, Be'ezrat Hashem, tomorrow. Thank you for your participation. May our study of the Beis HaMikdash, which is deemed to be an act of participation in its construction, reach fruition with the coming of Mashiach and the building of the third Beis HaMikdash, B'Mehira Ubi Amenu, speedily and in our days. Amen. Thank you again. Have a beautiful day.